what is up wrestling fans that's right it's time once again for them boys from 607 podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle that's right it's time for this week's edition of 607 podcast presents the wrestling show better known as 607 TWS and of course we are coming to you from the ODPH dungeon the most real thing in all of pro wrestling and I am your host Rich and I'm also the host of the 3FN podcast I got excited there folks I'm getting real pumped and amped today because we're going to get to talk about one of my favorite subjects let's just throw that out there but before we go there let me introduce my co-host, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? I am bringing those peak levels. Hell yeah. Even with even with my voice and, and still getting over the, the asthma and the weather change. But uh, it's exciting times, and, and some people might think it's exciting times because of like the news that breaks and all that shit. No, no, no. no. I'm just happy that I get to finally talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yes. And that's actually God's honest truth. That is fact. If you the- know Rich well, you know that he <laughs> is a hardcore New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. And I was so excited because this was my Christmas in, of wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's there's two days that really, well, three days technically, because I'm a big Royal Rumble fan. Yeah. As most people I know is if you've listened to the show long enough. And also, you know, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. I grew up on WrestleMania. But Wrestle Kingdom is is up on that level with Royal Rumble and, and WrestleMania to me. So I'm always excited to talk about that. Of course, there was other things this week that I'm less excited to talk about, but we will be talking about on the main event. Of course, the main event of this podcast, we will jump into the Vince McMahon saga, which now breaking news as we're recording, because we're recording on a Tuesday due to car issues for myself. So I guess, uh, if you will, the wrestling God shone down on us with news yeah. that broke before we recorded, Ken M, because Stephanie McMahon has now resigned as the CEO. Yeah. And of course, the internet's got hot takes, baby. Oh, God. But we're going to settle all those because you know we don't do hot takes. We call it down the middle. We're going to talk about what we think is really going on from a business sense. It's my least favorite part of this job. As you know, mm-hmm. like whenever we talk ratings, numbers, because I'm a wrestling fan. It doesn't matter to us. I want to talk about fucking wrestling. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Our due diligence for you, the listener, we're definitely going to take you there. And we're going to give you that. We're going to give you that real, real, if you will, instead of just that clickbait bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in the mid card, we're going to hit that indie roundup. There was a couple GC. Uh, there was one GCW show to talk about. And also our good friends at Glory Pro Live yes. had another tremendous show this past weekend. We're going to talk about those as well as we're going to mention uh, a little something that went down on the West Coast that not a lot of people are talking about, but they're talking about it, or some are, but for the wrong reason, in my opinion. Facts. And also, uh, uh, there's another company on that West Coast that I think you should be watching that I'm going to give another shout out to in the mid card. And alas, but certainly not least, we're opening the show talking Wrestle Kingdom 17, baby. And I can't barely wait. But before we get there, we have to take care of the business. Ken M, tell them the fine folks listening. See, I'm so excited. I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Tell the fine folks how to find you in the ODPH podcast. Rich is this amped. I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. ODPHpodcast.com. Listen, man, I'm going to do it too. All information for 3FN podcast and how to find me, social medias and all that. 3FNpodcast.com, man. I don't even care about selling shit. Yeah. The only thing I have to sell is because there are local sponsors who help bring us this to you commercial free. The two people who sponsor 607TWS, I'm going to give a quick shout out to, of course, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And of 
course, Dubby Energy Drinks. Uh, Dubby has declared war on Big Energy this past week as they have now introduced a new flavor. Yes, that, saw it, that. Is declaring war. And of course, if you would like to get down with the revolution that is Dubby Energy Drinks, you can go to Dubby, D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G and uh, check out all the great uh products they have there between the energy drinks, shakers, merchandise. It's some really cool stuff there at W.GG. And when you go to checkout, put in the, uh, the that little bar where it says promo, just put 3FN pod, the number three, and then FN POD in that checkout, you get 10% off your entire order. And guess what? What? That gets, you can use it every time. So if you really like Dubby, we're giving you 10% off every single fucking time with the promo code 3FNPOD. So it's not just one time. If I want to buy something here and then I want to buy something later in the week, I can use that code and I get 10% exactly. off Exactly. You want to buy a sampler this time? Then Let's you want to buy go. a tub of something? You want to buy whatever? Every time you go, 10% off 3FNPOD. Thank you, Dubby, for being a sponsor. So W.GG. Now, Ken, we have finally gotten all of the business out of the way. Yes. It is now finally... You know what? Fuck it, Mike. You know what? Bruce Buffer, do your goddamn job. It's time! That's right. It is time to kick this show off, and I have been waiting since this past Wednesday yes. when I finally <laughs> watched the event. I did not watch it live this year uh, because work, mm. but I did watch it at nighttime, and I have been waiting to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 17 going down. Of course, we also have some other news coming out of Japan that we'll hit at the end that it comes off of this. Are you ready to talk Wrestle Kingdom? I've been waiting all week to do this. Let's go. All right. So let's start off with the pre-show because, hey, I love me a pre-show. Sure. Uh, on the pre-show, we had uh, Roye Oa versus Oleg Bolton. Mm. In uh, exhibition match, it went three minutes. Oleg Bolton is a uh, Olympic medalist okay. from, I do believe, Sweden. And he is uh, there training mm. in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Very impressive looking young man. Okay. Next up, we had a uh, we had the New Japan Rambo, and of course, the top four people in the Rambo would move on to the next day at New Year's Dash to crown the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2023. Uh, your final four: Great Okan, Show, Toriano, <laughs> somehow getting in there like somehow. every year. Somehow, and of course, last year's KOPW champion Shingo Tagagi. Uh, they would all meet the next day. Uh, we're not going to really dive in too much about New Year's Dash, so we'll just go ahead and tell you Shingo Tagagi is your king of pro, pro wrestling. Nice. He did promise. Uh, we'll get to that later in the night, what he had promised. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, let's, uh, the last pre-show match was the Antonio and Noki Memorial six-man tag team match, and this was a legends uh, affair. Uh, the team of Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe defeated Tetsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask in 9 minutes and 10 seconds. Great legends match to honor the late, great Antonio Inoki. Fantastic match. And now it is time, finally, finally, to talk about the main card. Yes. Are you ready, Ken M? Yes, I definitely am. Your opening contest was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Your champions coming into this match was the uh, the team of Catch 2-2, which is TJP and Francisco Akira, mm -hmm. who, of course, represent the United Empire. And they were taking on the Chaos Team of Leo, which is Leo Rush and Yo. This match got 10 minutes and 29 seconds. Of course, Leo won the uh, junior version of the Tag League. 
So that's how they got their shot here at the end of the day, though. And still, your IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions catch 2-2. This match, of course, tremendous opening match, but I think most people are talking about that tremendous or horrible, depending upon which angle you were looking at, spot that Leo Rush took on the K, or on the stage that busted his face wide open. That looked horrific. I, I had a cringe because that just was such a nasty spot. It was, but it was a tremendous match. It, it was a fantastic match. Like it, This is what you wanted from the opening card, and they really crammed a lot in, especially for being, I would say, a relatively short match for 10 minutes, but you know, with how stacked Wrestle Kingdom was, not every match is going to get a, a ton of time. Well, here's the thing. like A match like this, they, these four guys are working so fast that in 10 minutes, they put a lot of action. Yeah. And like When I saw that this match only was 10 minutes, I, I swore it was 15. But it was because the perpetual motion, like these four guys tore it up. They showed you what the junior de- junior heavyweight division's all about in the tag division, and it's great. And once again, catch 2-2, who's going to take them out? That's, yeah. the, that's the next question. They're, they've been uh, pretty dominant as of late. Uh, next up, we had the first time ever at Wrestle Kingdom for the IWGP Women's World Championship to be defended. Of course, remember that belt just came into existence. Your first champion, Kyrie. Defending the title against Tam Nakano. This match only got five minutes and 56 seconds. We're going to talk about this because I do have a problem with this. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, and still your IWGP Women's Worlds champion, Kyrie. So the big story here, though, is not the match. Right. And like I said, we're going to dive into my problems at the end. Let's dive into what the big story was. The big story was wrestling's worst kept secret part two. Uh, I consider, consider worst kept secret part one was CM Punk's AEW debut because mm. everybody knew it was coming. Right. Right. They even, you know, the first dance, they, they yeah. booked United Center. It was like, it was a worst kept secret. And mind you, very smart, though, because great ratings. Sure. Everybody knew. Sasha Banks was rumored to come, and then all of a sudden, she started thanking everybody the day before. So we knew this was going to happen. Right. So no more Sasha Banks, of course, though. No more Sasha Banks. She has got a new name, Ken M. What is her new name? Mercedes Monet. And it's really weird because commentator kept coming calling her money. Yeah. And even in her promo, she calls herself money. But then she also is pronouncing it Monet. So I'm, I need to get like a – because remember, when she cuts the promo during this, she calls herself money. Yeah. She's like Mercedes, you know, and I am money. It's it's so I'm I'm not sure. I, I always thought it was Mon, supposed to be Monet, but she keeps saying Monet, money, and so wasn't the commentary. So we'll have to get a real clarification on that because it could just be an oversight. I just want to say this: the crowd went mild. Yeah, that crowd in Tokyo did not care. I hate to say it, and I know some people tried to spin it. But go back and watch. And you can't say it's because they had to be quiet because they didn't. They were cheering all fucking night long. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, just look at the highlights if you don't want to watch the whole thing of Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, which we'll talk about later. Right. Look at the main event and listen to what they were doing. We'll talk about that later. This crowd was lively, very lively, because there's one of the few crowds in Tokyo that has been able to cheer. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't think that the thing – once again, that's fine. I don't know if, if women's wrestling in New Japan – is, is caught on fire as, as much. I thought that both Tam Nakano and Kyrie both had amazing entrances. I thought the crowd was kind of into it. But I'm also looking at it like this. I think the crowd also saw a five-minute and 56-second match. And for them, that's super short. And I think that they might have saw that as a sign of disrespect to their homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. Because then Mercedes Monet comes out, or money, whatever, and she's got like a 10, 15-minute deal. Yeah. So way longer than the match. Give the match a little more. Give the after fact a little less. No, I fully agree with you on that. I thought the match was way too short. They should have got all, you know at least five more minutes. Give it ten minutes. 
let them work and let them really develop that division for the crowd. And I thought they gave way too much time to Mercedes. I thought the promo she cut, not her best work. I thought the whole spinning DDT finisher that she has just did not look good. I do want to point out that that's not her fault. Yeah, uh, they, they did the training videos out where I think Deuce really she was doing it to Dragon Lee. If I was, if I'm not mistaken, I could, could be, be wrong. It, it might have not been Dragon Lee, uh, but I saw one where she was practicing the move and it looked fine. I think that Kyrie didn't get her foot down because it's a very intricate move. But with that being said, maybe we should be a little more leery of doing those moves. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so hopefully, you know, it comes off. Now, here's what I want to say. Get out front. I, I'm a fan of Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Mercedes, Monet, oh, or Monet, or whatever it is. Because once again, I have to get uh, – and the only reason is I have to get clarification. Both her saying it and commentary, they kept going back and forth. So I don't know – I don't think anybody knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if that's – it's really – we do know that February 18th at uh, Battle in the Valley, I do believe it's called, from San Jose, California, New Japan Pro Wrestling, coming to the States for a pay-per-view. Correct. We do know that Kyrie will be defending the IWGP Women's World Championship against Mercedes Money, or Monet, <laughs> whichever you choose to call her. And I think, and I'm going to say it up front, I think this is going to be a good match. Oh, yeah. I do not I do not expect this match to be a bad match. I expect this is going to be a great match in the ring, and I think that everybody will come out impressed with the match between Mercedes and Kyrie. So don't take this away. I just didn't like the debut. I think that they the debut could have been better. I think that the crowd not being over the top for Mercedes hurt it a little bit. On top of that, I also think that the length of it. Yeah. Because the promo, like you said, it wasn't the best promo. And I get it because I think she was talking slower. Not as an insult to Japanese fans, but obviously English is not the first language in Japan. Sure. So I think she was trying to give them time to digest what she was saying, which is kind of good. Yeah. To slow yourself down so that way they can understand you in English, you know, and and I dig it. So I I, I think that that was like her on purpose. So that's Mm -hmm. why I think that the promo sounded off to us. So there's a lot of things that I'm actually defending about her debut. I just don't think that the crowd was in it as much. But now you're not looking at just that crowd, a global crowd. And when you come to San Jose on the 18th of February be a for vibe. a pay-per-view that's going to be on Fight TV and everywhere else, you're going to see a fucking buy rate for that because I think Sasha's army is going to come out for it. Oh, yeah. They'll definitely show up for this. Uh, by the way, uh, we're not going to really speculate about AEW and what's going on with Mercedes or anything else because I don't even know if they know. Because they had the perfect opportunity right after fucking this happened because this happened at 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. They had the perfect opportunity that night on, on Dynamite to just keep teasing it to come along this upcoming week. And instead, uh, as we all know now, Soraya, Soraya sorry, announced uh, Tony Storm as her partner. That promo segment was awful. I'm sorry. The fact that you did the tease there to try saying who the tag team partner is, you already telegraphed it. So Tony Storm is not going to make the match. I hope so. Sheeta's going to take her out, and then you're going to have that surprise entrant, and it could be Mercedes Monet. Listen, I am not disappointed about. Uh, listen, I love Tony Storm. That's how I should say. It. I'm just saying this wrong. And that's what I said. But I hope that it's Mercedes Money. Yeah. Why? Why? If you don't, you didn't deliver. I'm sorry. No, you t- you telegraphed. You, you you called your shot, and you didn't have the ball yet. That's the problem with that. Well, it's not even that. It's just it's a telegraph on so many. You promised something huge. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Tony Storm has been with the company. Now, mind you, it's talking about a tag match. Would I like to see you know Britt and Hater versus Soraya and Tony Storm? That's a fine match. Oh yeah, that's a, a fine match. match. Yeah. But when you're promising me this fucking land breaking landmark thing, and you give me somebody who's already on the roster that we've already seen, 
that's not land groundbreaking. You know no. what I mean? No, I agree. I completely agree with you. That's why I said like they- no offense to those women because I think all four of those women. I think if if it does end up being Saray and Storm versus Britt and Hater, I think it's going to be a tremendous match. I know we're getting off the track here, but I just I just want to put that out there. I think that those four ladies are tremendous. However. You promised me more. I want more. Yeah, you overhyped this match if this was the match plan all along. So if yeah. the deal didn't go through with Monet, okay, then that's something and you're trying to get out of this and this is a, a very quick Band-Aid on a big wound. But when you hype this up for as long as they did, and remember, Soraya was talking about this. This has been trending on social media for how long yep. now? You built this up too much that to just have somebody that was already established on the roster is not going to pay off. Right, and on top of that, there was that weird cryptic, you know, first part of the announcement, and then later on, it was Tony Storm. It's like, well, then what the fuck was the cryptic part about? Exactly. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So hopefully the right thing happens, and everybody that tunes in to Dynamite this upcoming week, if you hear us before or after, hopefully it's Mercedes Monet. I, I wish her all the best in the world and wherever she goes. Uh, so let's move on, though, because we have a lot more to talk about. Next up was for the IWGP World Tag Team Champions, the heavyweight edition. Mm-hmm. Your tag team champions going in, the FTR, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, going against the winners of the Tag League, the heavyweight version of the Tag League, and former champions. Of course, they won the belts last year at uh, Wrestle Kingdom as well. Yes. Bishamon, which is Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. By the way, has anybody next year when we do the, the thing, one of the awards we have to get is comeback of the year? Because I think Yoshihashi would have been my comeback wrestler of this year. Okay. The guy, and not, not even because of last night, but this, if you look at his work in 2022, like everybody always thought he was like the weak link of chaos and the weak link of Bishamon and all that stuff. And he has done tremendous work this year, including the tag lead. So like next year, it come back, he might not, he can't win next year because he's already there, but right. he would have definitely been one of my votes or pick for comeback wrestler of the year. So we definitely are going to be re-upping that. We've heard all of you said commenting on it. It's happening. Yes. But anyways, this match got 10 minutes and 10 seconds at the end of the day. And new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions, Bishamon. Uh, FTR went out on the sword. Very good match. Listen, all their matches that they've gone out on the sword on, very good. Also, to be noted, Dax has been injured yes. since the dog collar match. So he has now dropped the AAA and New Japan titles while injured, while traveling. So I think big ups are in hand to FTR for all that they do. Yeah, this was a great match. And obviously with Dax working as hurt as he is and to still put on these great matches, kudos to them. I mean, that's why they are the tag team of the year. Yes, I agree. Next up was for the tournament final for the inaugural NJPW, not IWGP, NJPW. World Television Championship. So your final was between Zack Sabre Jr. and Ren Narita in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. By the way, all these matches have a, uh, the television title matches, 15-minute timelet, strip timelet. And if it goes to the 15, that's it. Yeah. It's a draw. Even if this match would have gone 15, it would have been a draw, and they would have done it again at New Year's Dash Yeah, until How there was a winner. How crazy is that? They, they announced it up front. But we didn't get there because 10 minutes and 32 seconds, your winner and the first ever NJPW World Television Champion, Zack Sabre Jr. And bigger news after this match is mm. he was a free agent after Suzuki Goon went away. Guess what? No free agent no more. He rejoins. TMDK, the mighty don't kneel, have added the wizard of the mat, Zack Sabre Jr. Love this. Cannot speak so highly about this enough. This was a great match. ZSJ, what can you say about him? And obviously him reuniting with TMDK. 
that is going to be something special this year. For the next upcoming match, for the first of two Forbidden Door matches, if you will, at Wrestle Kingdom, for the Never Openweight Championship, your champion, the Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, representing World Wrestling Entertainment in the OC, defended that title against his former Bullet Club brother, Tama Tonga, the good bad guy. This match got nine minutes and 35 seconds at the end of the day, and your new Never Openweight Champion, Tama Tonga finally getting the big one. Way to put him over. I like this match between these two friends. And there's a lot of implications coming out of this match as well. What did you think about the match first of all? Match was very solid. Love seeing Tama get that big win. And coming out of this match, we're hearing a lot of rumblings of maybe Tama Tonga coming to World Wrestling Entertainment along with his brother Hikolo. That would be something. So Hikuleo and Tama Tonga, both possibly WWE bound. Keeping that in the back of people's minds. That is something coming out of Wrestle Kingdom. So <laughs> yeah. New Japan could be in the same problem with the Never Open Weight title pretty soon, if you catch my drift. Next up was a six-man tag team match, and it meant more than just a six-man because it was Mudo's last New Japan match ever at, not just Wrestle Kingdom, but ever, as the team of Keiji Mudo, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shuda. You may know, although it is pronounced Shoda. If you uh, remember, I kept uh, everybody correct me. Well, uh, John Moxley tells everybody it's Shooter. Yes, and he likes to be called Shooter. However, it's Shoda. That's how you actually pronounce it correct. because commentary refused to call him. <laughs> Kevin Kelly did a couple times, but everybody else refused. If you are watching, to call him Shooter, they right. called him Shoda. Uh, they got the victory over Los Ingrenables de Japón, the team of Tetsuyo Naito, Sonata, and Bushi, 9 minutes and 20 seconds. And I thought it was even more telling. They gave the win to young Shota. Yeah. Shota got the pin. That's a huge nod to him. I think that they were trying to push that for the future. Of course, the importance of the match, Mudo uh, has been an, has been a teacher to both the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and to Shota Yumino. So it was kind of nice to have his protégés, if you will, the influence, mm-hmm. to go up against. And they want a big team, so they went up against LIJ, and I thought it was very good. Naito did a great job in this match. Sonata did a great job. I, I, dude, the standoff between Sonata oh, and Mudo. So good. And, of course, Sonata, also trained by Mudo, fucking great moment in the beginning of that match and uh it's, it's very good and yes i said mudo because his name is keiji mudo correct he is the great muda there is a difference in characters it's the same person it's two different characters like bray wyatt and the fiend yes it is technically or finn balor in the demon correct uh so there is two different characters if you guys aren't familiar with japanese wrestling we're helping you out a little mm-hmm. long of course there is one more match for muda but we will talk about that at the end because we're going to give you an update on that Next up, we had the four-way championship match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, Taji Ishimori, defending against Hamaru Takahashi, El Desperado, and Master Wado. And I want to point out the importance of this. Taiji Ishimori has been champion for a while. Mm-hmm. Zero title defenses. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he's weaseled his way out. But then he said, hey, I'll defend against all three of these guys. <laughs> it's brilliant. And, and I think he thought he was going to get away with it. I love some of the spots in this match. At one point, Taiji Ishimori was just hanging out on the ramp. Yeah. Acting like he wasn't going to help you know, do anything. And then he tried to get everybody counted out. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it was a great match. A lot of high flying. A lot of great technical wrestling as well. 16 minutes, 43 seconds at the end of the day. And your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion for, I think, the fifth time, Hamaru Takahashi. Yeah. Represent LIJ. I had a feeling they'd pull the switch, but this match had everything in it. It's so entertaining. I love this match. And, you know, 
where are we going to go from here? That's the big question. I don't know. Well, we know one thing that happened before we get to the main events. We got reports during the night that after this match, LIJ was attacked in the back. Yes. We were getting these reports during the first of the two main events that something happened. Naito and LIJ attacked in the back. We would later find out it was from Congo, mm. from Pro Wrestling Noah. We will talk about that in a minute as well. So let's get to the main events, shall we? Yes. Let's start with the first of the two main events. For the IWGP United States Championship, your champion, the leader of the United Empire, the Billy Goat, more importantly to this match, the aerial assassin, Will Osprey, going one-on-one, and I, I'm going to say it, he didn't go up against the guy that we've seen in AEW. No, no, no. He went up one-on-one with the man who is known as the best bout machine. He went one-on-one with a man who is known as The Cleaner, Kenny Omega. And ladies and gentlemen, I am here to first of all tell you before we even dive into it, we did not get AEW Kenny Omega, which we're going to talk about at the end of the match. We got The Cleaner. And I'm super appreciative of that because I'm a huge Kenny Omega, Mark, as we know. But we're going to talk more about that. Let's talk about the match. By the way, entrances? Entrances off the charts for this match. Will Ospreay? Coming out as the aerial assassin to the aerial assassin theme. The minute it said return of the assassin and they started kicking in elevate, I marked out. And then let's just kick it on right on over. Uh, Final Fantasy must have came to some uh, agreeance because Uh we literally got the one wing angel theme. I showed that to Pad. And he lost his mind. It was great with the raise the arm and the wing comes up. Oh, my God. It was really like Omega came back. Yeah. And so the match happens, and this match got 34 minutes and 38 seconds, and it fucking was amazing for all 34 minutes and 38 seconds. We're going to dive into it in a second. At the end of the day, your winner and your new IWGP United States champion, the cleaner Kenny Omega. Before I get to my thoughts on the end of this match, let's talk about the match itself. This match, you can call it five stars. You can call it ten stars. You can call it whatever fuck you want. This match right now is the front runner and is going to be hard to beat for match of the year, in my opinion. Facts. This match not only was a tremendous athletic competition between two of the very best professional wrestlers in the world today. Let me rewind that. Two of the very best professional wrestlers in the world today. Not only was it that. But it told a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. It told the story that we had seen going on. Whether there's real life friction or not, which I believe there is some real life friction, these two are going to go out and do business regardless. But they use that to tell a story. The story of the outsider and the guy who has been there busting his ass. It was the story of the guy who is considered to be a wrestling god, especially in Japan, against a guy who wants to be that. It is the story of of pretty much the same person. They're kind of the same trajectory, although Will Osprey has done it younger, that they are still the same person in the Japanese wrestling fan's mind because they are larger than life. And we watched the student mentor. However you want to put that dynamic, it doesn't matter. We watched it go down. We saw a side of Kenny Omega we have not seen in a while. Very aggressive. Very cutthroat. Very, you know, vile at times. Mm-hmm. He went right after Will Osprey. I mean, shit, we got parts of this match where Osprey is getting beat into the ground. Like, he's just beat down, beat up, and he keeps coming back. His heart Heart will not stop. His heart will not quit. And it doesn't matter what Omega does. I mean, both of these guys took tremendous bumps. Both of these guys ended up bloody. I mean, shit. Omega's eye, Omega's eye was swollen shut. Yeah. Swollen shut. Look at the back of Will Osprey from the double stomp through a Japanese table, which usually doesn't break, but it broke that time. Yeah. And, and the match keeps going. And the match keeps going. And you would have thought either one of these guys could have won this match any of the times. But at the end of the day, 
just just that much better. Just that little snit, like a hair better was Kenny Omega on that night. What he would have talked about in his press conference, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's just talk about your feelings of the match after I just gushed about it for fucking three minutes. This was perfection. This match had everything in it. Will Osprey is that guy. He is on that level. He stepped up and he made Kenny Omega go back to being the old Kenny Omega. And I understand, obviously, like you touched upon, he's the best bout machine in New Japan Pro Wrestling. AEW, different story in my opinion. But this was the old Kenny back, and this is where Will pushed him. And especially they had that brutal turnbuckle spot as well in this match. It had literally everything. It poured out all that emotion. So when you start thinking about Kenny Omega's greatest matches with Okada, this has to be in that conversation as well. This delivered on all the fronts. The only thing I did not like about this was the finish and the fact that Omega won. There we go. That's where we get to. So remember last week when we previewed the show, or two weeks ago technically, because we wanted to make sure we got it all out there. I said that this was going to be a mistake for New Japan Pro Wrestling if Will Ospreay didn't win this match. And Will Ospreay didn't win this match, and I still stand by that. This was a mistake. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because Kenny Omega is an outsider. I understand he returned to Japan, and all of a sudden, all was forgiven. The crowd back all in on Kenny Omega. The the office back in all on Kenny Omega. I get it. I love Kenny Omega. Yeah. And I loved seeing the cleaner back. I love seeing the best bout machine back. I love that version of Kenny Omega. That is the Kenny Omega I fell in love with. That is the Kenny Omega I choose to watch and I like. That is the Kenny Omega I was still like. However, I think that they made some mistakes on this card. We're going to talk about it again in the main event. And I think their booking is a little off. I don't want to jump too far into it because I, I'm just going to tie into the main event as well. But this match was the first part of that. And after this match is when we got some pretty interesting comments. First of all, the only thing I want to say about Kenny Omega, by the way, Kenny Omega, great fucking press conference after because mm-hmm. he's always impersonable. And he said one thing that jumped out to me that I just want to get home is he said, and I had you look to make sure I didn't miss this. He said that 364 days of the year, Will Osprey's better than me, but I only needed to be better this one day. Yeah. And I thought that that was very interesting. And at first I was like, did he fuck that up? And it's no, he didn't. No, he, he said was that. giving the credit to this kid. He's come a long way. Yeah. And he probably is better than me. But when it mattered, when the chips were on the line, I was better. And that's all that matters. And I thought that that was really actually a really good. I, where's this promos in, in AEW? I'm just, maybe it's because they don't give him the mic to do it. Fucking phenomenal. Though. Yeah. And then Will Ospreys, the passion the tears, the emotions in that press conference. That's why I believe that some of this has to be real because, I mean, when he's crying and literally gripping that microphone and just saying, I just wanted this one thing. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've done all these things for you. Talking to the New Japan office, not talking to Kenny Omega, not talking to the fans. I have done all these things for you. I have put up with all these sacrifices where you'd heard him, his best friend died and he had to watch it on an iPad where, you know, you hear about, you know, all the like being quarantined for 14 days in a, in a room, the size of a closet, uh, you know, in all of that stuff, just so he could wrestle in silence because they couldn't, you know, make noise. And when he sat there and gripped that microphone and just is pulling the microphone and just says, you know, this is all I wanted. One thing. That's all I asked for one thing. And you told me no. And then he went on to say that he's going to give it one more year in Japan. And if it's not to his satisfactory, then maybe it's time for him to walk away. A little epilogue to Mm -hmm. that is he also did an interview recently where he called Triple H and I quote a G. He's a real gangster. And, uh, you know, before I thought I would never end up in WWE, but with him running it and with Triple H there, he watches wrestling from all over. He's a fan of different styles of wrestling. I know this and I appreciate it. So now I would say never say never. 
So that's the first time we've ever heard Will Ospreay say that WWE could be an option for him. Yes. Next year. Which is kind of weird because he's always been the guy like, nope, WWE's not for me. WWE's not the kind of wrestling I do. It's never good. It's a pipe dream. But all of a sudden, hey, Triple H is in charge. And like I said, he called him a G and then refrained to say a gangsta, Mm -hmm. which we all know what a G is. Yes. And I thought that that was interesting. It's very telling. And I think that that booking might have been a little close to home to him in those comments because he literally has done everything he can for that company. He has been the guy that has put on absolute classic after absolute classic. And this was a moment that I thought he needed to go over to solidify that to anybody that had any doubt. The fact it didn't happen, you now have Omega taking the New Japan U.S. title back to AEW. And whatever's going to happen there, that's just going to be very convoluted in my opinion. It's very interesting to see that Osprey is basically saying, I'm looking at my options now. Like he's basically, the way it came across to me is he hit that glass ceiling. And like, where is he going to go from here? And then if you think about it, how insane could 2024 be in the free agency with him and MJF? And a lot of other people as yeah. well. I, I agree with you. It's an interesting thing. And I'm going to come back to this because I think this is all part of a a, a pandemic, if you will, in, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, let's go into the main event of the evening, though, first, because that's going to tie in hardcore. So the main event of the evening was for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, uh, it's going to feature your IWGP World's Champion, the leader of the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club era still exists. The Switchblade, Jay White, going one-on-one with the winner of the G1 Climax and also a man that everybody knows as the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. This match got 33 minutes and three seconds, and at the end of the day, your winner and your new IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. No surprise to anybody. Yeah. I feel like, uh, once again, let's just get this out. Let's talk about the match first and get it out of the way. I thought this was a tremendous match. I thought that they did the exact opposite of the match before it. The match before it, and I'm not saying the exact opposite as in like the passion stuff. The emotion, the passion was all there. They slowed it down. Yeah. Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega worked on that fucking warp speed that only the two of them could keep a cut pace for for 34 minutes. Jay White and Okada pulled the speed back, worked very methodically. I love the fact that Jay White was in control for most of this match. Mm-hmm. That was super good to do two different main events, two different styles, and I think it made it stick out. Do I, th- uh, you know, obviously I think that the main event, the first main event match, Osprey Omega was the better of the two, but it's not by much. They're both very good matches. Right. During this match, though, to be noted, the crowd solidly, majority wise, on the side of Jay White. Yeah. And that was the first time I get it. And then, you know, this is where it comes in. We all know Okada is New Japan's John Cena. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's New Japan's John Cena just because he's the franchise. I think that a lot of people are starting to get to the point where they look at him like, oh, he's just going to go over like Cena. So the negative connotation of Cena. Not the, the Cena. See, because I think Okada is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I've said that. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. That, and there's no way you can convince me otherwise. I also think John Cena in his prime was a tremendous wrestler as well, even though people do not like to give him credit. The problem is, is when you shove somebody down your throat so much, even like Roman was back in, you know, when he was a face. Yeah. That's what turns the crowd, and I think that's what they've done with Okada, and I think the crowd in Japan, finally, in Japan, even though they were happy and clapped for Okada, during the match, they were on the side of the switchblade, and I think that they should have called a fucking audible, in my opinion. They definitely should have, 
Because going into this match, we all knew Okada was winning. There was no real sense of drama with this match. Like, as weird as that might sound, and don't take anything away from this match. This match was absolutely amazing. But it was a hair behind Omega and Osprey. Like, that was the real main event. This was a 1B. They told a great story, but it's now gotten to the point where I think you're right. The New Japan Pro Wrestling fans have picked up on this and are starting to get that negative John Cena heat going on for Okada. And it's nothing against him, but when it's so predictable that he's going over and he's untouchable and he is the guy that is going to hold the belt forever, it loses that drama of can he be defeated. And especially with Jay White and that promo he did at Dominion, I think won over so much of that fan base that I don't think the powers that be at New Japan realized this. And they should have called the audible. It would have been a moment. It would have had more gravity going into this this new year. But I just felt they dropped the ball here. And you can definitely tell they the crowd is feeling that as well. It's nothing against Okada. Okada is amazing. Top three wrestler in the world right now. There's no debate about it. Just wherever you slot him. But this is a point where Jay White should have got the big win here. It would have caused a bigger buzz. And the crowd was completely behind him on this one yeah they definitely should have called an audible there ken i don't understand why they didn't call an audible uh, we're going to just go through the card real quick from new year's dash because there's a couple notes i want to talk about new year's dash but let's give it a little bit of shine sure new year's dash takes place the second day and then we're going to get into some news about the second night of wrestle kingdom that's right the second night of wrestle kingdom and of course uh the great muda's final bye uh so here we go the very next night of course uh january the 5th we got new year's dash and uh i'm going to do a quick rundown and then we're going to go over some notes. So uh, in the opening contest, House of Torture, Evil, Takahashi, and Dick Togo defeated uh, Hamna, Tiger Mask, and Ren Narita. Uh, of course, at the end of that match, we got uh, Minaro uh, Suzuki and Des- El Desperado coming out yeah. to save Ren Narita, maybe a new faction. Suzuki Goon goes away, but maybe a new faction. I'm not sure, but we're going to have to keep our eyes on that. Uh, the second match we had, we're, we are now being called The Four. Yeah. <laughs> we're four. We're four guys. That's what they, that's what Takamichi Doku said. Four guys. So the team of Tai Chi, Kanemura, and Doki with. Uh, Taka Michinoku in their corner defeated the United Empire team of TJP uh, and Francisco Akira with Will Osprey. Uh, after the match, the United Empire beat the shit out of them, <laughs> yes. including kicking uh, Taka in the dick. Yeah. Uh, next up, the TMDK team in a six man tag. So Zack Sabre Jr., Mikey Nichols, and Shane Hayes defeated the Chaos team of Ishii and the tag team champions Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, maybe setting up a tag team title match for the Mighty Don't Kneel. Next, we had the team of Shota Yumino, Togi Makabe, Taguchi, and Yo defeated the Los Ingrinopolis de Japon team of Naito, Sonata, Bushi, and Hamaru Takahashi. Shota getting in a little more with Naito during this yeah. match. And, of course, then we'll get the announcement that we're going to talk about later mm-hmm. for them. Uh, next up, Gorillas of Destiny, Hikuleo and Tamatanga. And the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi and Master Wado in an eight-man tag defeated the Bullet Club team of El Phantasmo, Jay White, Kenta, and Taji Ishimori. Of course, at the end of this match, Jay White went absolutely ballistic, destroyed Hikaleo with a chair, and said that, hey, you're the reason I lost this belt. Your betrayal is the reason I lost being the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. So I'll tell you what, I'm challenging you to a Loser Leaves Japan match. Yeah, this was wild. It was crazy, and it was a hell of a beatdown to the point that the Bullet Club had to pull Jay White off of him. Yes. Uh, next up, we had a uh, 
the, the four-way match to determine the inaugural provisional KOPW, King of Pro Wrestling 2023 champion. Of course, I mentioned earlier, Shingo Tagagi defeated Sho, Great Okan, and Tori Yano in 12 minutes and 50 seconds. And then at the end, we had the surprise match. Because coming to the ring, we had the United Empire, Aaron Henry and Jeff Cobb. Who are they going to fight? Because nobody, no, nothing's announced. And we got music that I had not heard in a long time. Because remember, at Wrestle Kingdom, Kenny Omega came to the ring to Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. One Winged Angel. We got the original Cleaner song. And I, I, it took me a second. I was like, no way. Because they kept telling us in commentary that Kenny Omega was on a flight back to the right. United States. Well, Kenny Omega. Well, who's the new IWGP United States title champion going to team with? Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He teamed with the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. Okada and Omega defeated the Great Empire team in the main event at New Year's Dash. That was so surreal watching. I, I guess the running name was the Omega Powers. I was Yeah, I, I heard online. that one, yeah. But I it just it blew my mind because I thought Omega was gone because obviously he's got the big match coming up this week on AEW. To see him tag with Okada, like it, it's surreal. Just surreal. It was it was awesome. I'm gonna it was it great. I, I marked out for it. Yeah. Maybe they're leaning towards another Okada Omega match. I don't know. Even if they're not, it was cool to see them as a tag team after being rivals for so long. Of course, just like the way Wrestle Kingdom ended, New Year's Dash ended with Shingo Tagagi coming out and challenging Okada for the IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship. Yes. So that will be going down sooner than later. They kept confusing the dates of when that was going to actually go down. So keep your eyes on it. I'm thinking it's going to be new new beginnings in Osaka. I could be wrong mm-hmm. uh, because that could change. Because uh, basically the commentary, the English commentary was like, um, I think he said one of two dates. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them were not even wrestling. It was kind of funny because you have a translator, which is really nice. But uh, we're looking forward to moving forward to Shingo versus Okada, it looks like. Whatever's happening with the upset with, with Will Ospreay. Hikaleo and, and Jay, of White. Course, Jay White's going to do their thing, but Hikaleo and Tamatanga possibly leaving. And that's why I want to say before we jump into talking about some of the uh, other stuff that's coming up on the docket and, and ending the opening segment is one of the mistakes, I think, with this booking, and this is why I wanted to go into day two, is that there's a lot of people, it looks like, that are unhappy that are the young talent that's coming up. And it's because they keep putting over the old guys, mm-hmm. if you will. And I'm not saying old is an age. Right, right, right. But I'm saying they keep putting over the same fucking people. And this is a mistake that New Japan has made in the past. And this is a mistake that has cost them in the past and took us into what is considered to call the dark ages of New Japan pro wrestling is part of that. Other, uh, the other part of it was uh, Noki's insistence on MMA fighting. Uh, but it was really, this is kind of a really weird time. We could end up in that zone again because if they lose Will Ospreay, who's one of their biggest stars in country, not just internationally. Internationally, he makes a splash for them. But he's a huge star. You saw how the fans react to him in Japan. Mm-hmm. You see how the fans act to Jay White. And Jay White's got another couple years on that contract, so I don't think he's going anywhere. But you have a stalwart like Tama Tonga, who now we have to question whether when his contract is up, which it is up at the end of this month. Yeah. If he might be going to WWE, and if they're looking at Hikaleo, his younger brother, six foot nine, he's a big dude, and maybe he's going to be going. Like these are some young guys that they could have taken advantage of. And how much of this booking is getting to these wrestlers? And it's gotten to people in the past. I mean, famously, that's how we end up with Naito becoming one of the big biggest names in the world because he felt disrespected and went on a second excursion. That's where he joined up with Los Ingrenables. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, he started LIJ and started this no give a fuck, tranquilo fucking attitude. And it and it spurned a career. They weren't trying to make him one of the top four. Right. He just became one of the top four because it caught on. 
the more he threw title belts and the more he disrespected New Japan, the more the fans liked it. It's a weird situation, but it's been something boiling. So that's not something new. It's been boiling for years, but now I think it's coming to a head. And as a New Japan fan, it scares the shit out of me because I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. And on the other hand, I see Pro Wrestling Noah, which is a subsidiary now of New Japan. And it looks like they're rah, rah, ready to fucking go. Yeah. Like it looks like shit's in order there. It's a weird thing to see outside looking in. And, and granted, you are a bigger New Japan Pro Wrestling fan than I am, but I still love watching it when I do. But there is a little smoke to this fire that I think you're seeing a lot more feelings coming out in those promos of frustration. And with contracts coming up, and I think that, love it or hate it, a lot more eyes are watching Triple H at the head of creative in WWE. Not saying everybody would make the jump there per se, but if it's looking like that might be an avenue to get over and they are kind of having a good mix of pushing young stars with, with veterans... That is an option for some talent that if they feel they're not going to go any further in New Japan and they're just going to keep putting Okada over, why not leave and try t- testing the waters? Agreed. But you know what? I still love New Japan overall. Wrestle Kingdom was phenomenal. New Year's Dash was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If you want, go to njpwworld.com, order it for 999 yen. I think my payment was, I think I told you, like 785 yeah, was what it came like out. Uh, it's well worth it. Those shows were great, and they've got more shows coming up, including coming up on January 21st is night two of Wrestle Kingdom. It is Wrestle Kingdom officially. It's from the Yokohama Arena, and during the night, we mentioned it. There was an attack on Los Ingridables de Japón. The attack came from Congo, from Pro Wrestling Noah. So now we have found out on January 21st, the event is New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah. And in the last five matches of the night, they're all single matches going one member of Congo versus one member of LIJ, including the main event will be Tetsuya Naito. One-on-one with Kano, the leader of Congo. That's going to be a wild match. That's going to be a hell of a main event. Plus, there's a whole other card besides that. There's like 12 matches on this card, including the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion is in a tag team match against the Pro Wrestling Noah team. It's tremendous. So you're going to want to check that out. And the very next night, of course, will be Muda's final goodbye at the Pro Wrestling Show on the 22nd, also from Yokohama. Mm-hmm. And then the main event of that event, it'll be the great Muda, Keiji Muto, tag teaming. With one of his greatest rivals of all time, let me see if I have it in me, Ken, Sting and Darby Allen to take on the team of Akira, not the Akira from the United States, right, but right, right. Japanese Akira, Hakushi, and Marafuji. So three legends on the other team, too. That's going to be a great match to watch, especially with Muda teaming with Sting. Like That's just so surreal. If, I mean, if you watch in WCW when they had the great feud. And now to see him come back all these years later, team up, and yeah, Darby's there, but still, this is going to be something special to watch. And I think that we are going to see the Great Muda, although they they were saying that the last match for the Great Muda technically was the Nakamura match. I think that that was only the last match with Muda in the head, the mask. I think we'll just see Muda in the face paint. Yeah. Or at least I'm hoping. So, like, I know he has some face paint when he has the mask on, but I think we're going to go old school Great Muda. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. Oh, I'm crossing so. my fingers as a fan. Even if, but if even if he just is KG Muto, I don't care. I'm I'm into seeing this match because it is the last match, and I'm a huge Muda mark, and this is going to be a huge happening. So that's going to go down. But don't worry. The reason we're not covering it all because next week on this show we will be previewing both Wrestle Kingdom Night Two and Muda's final buy. So. There you go with the promise. So we'll come back to all those great cards. We're just kind of teasing them because they made the announcements this week. 
we are finally going to take our first break. When we come back, it's going to be the mid-card time, and we're going to do that indie roundup. We got some Game Changer Wrestling and Glory Pro Live to talk about, as well as some West Coast Pro? Hmm. That's right. All that and more after this break. That's right, break it on down, Ken M. We are back for the mid-card of this week, 607TWS. And of course, you know what that means. It means it's time, not just for Ken to break it down on the base. No, 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 no. He's rocking that airbase, by the way. No, it's time to talk about the Indie Roundup. Yeah. Funky. Get it. Yeah. All right. Well... The Indie Roundup is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.tv. More specifically, Fight Plus. Of course, Fight Plus is a streaming service that you can get through Fight.tv for $4.99 a month. That's right, $4.99 a month. And it will give you access to some tremendous amounts of independent pro wrestling. But not only just independent pro wrestling, Ken M. No, no, no. You also get slap fighting. Mm-hmm. You also get MMA, boxing, and so much more. But, you know, we're there for mostly, mostly. The independent pro wrestling and what kind of what kind of wrestling do you get as far as that four ninety nine? It's got to be some like shindy, right? It's not nothing. Oh great, no right? no no! You get the greatness that is GCW. You get Glory Pro Wrestling. You get House of Glory. Yes, House of Glory's on there. Yeah. Just signed on there too. I mean, you get such a plethora. Of, Absolute intense wrestling. Yes, Pro Wrestling Revolver and so much more. And, and they keep adding on and on. Like that's the whole thing about it. So if you're a pro wrestling fan and you don't like what you see on. Mondays and Fridays, and you're not a fan of what goes on Wednesday night either. You're looking for a real alternative. Here is your gateway into amazing pro wrestling all across the world. You can definitely check out the indies. And like I say, for $5 a month, that is a steal because you get so much content. Plus, and Rich can correct me if I'm wrong about this, with your subscription, you can use it for fight credits. And then you can actually go get more uh, shows, such as like Impact Pay-Per-Views. As a matter of fact, Ken, not only do you get, you get two free fight credits a month. And you can save those up and you can use them towards Impact Wrestling Pay-Per-Views. If you're international, unlike us in the States, you can watch AEW Pay-Per-Views on Fight.tv. If you're international, you can use those towards AEW Pay-Per-Views and so much more. So really, you're only paying $2.99. And I'm glad that you mentioned Impact because we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling on this show as well because... It's not far to Fight Plus. We're going to start with Fight Plus, but we'll talk about Impact Wrestling during this break as well because they have a huge show a coming huge up. A huge show this week. But before we get there, 
Let's talk about what was on Fight Plus this past weekend, shall we? Let's do it. Let's start off with our good friends at Glory Pro Wrestling. They were back at Del Mar Hall in St. Louis, Missouri this past uh, Saturday, uh, the 7th of January. And they were there for a, a card called Wrestlepocalypse. Mm-hmm. And this was a great happening. And you can watch it, the replay because the replays are also included on Fight Plus right now. Ready to talk about this card? Absolutely. Let's run down the card and we'll talk about some of these matches as we go. Uh, in the opening contest, we had Chris Hendricks and Mason St. Goods defeat the premier Campbell Myers and SK Bishop. The next contest, we had Benjamin Trust defeat Ezio Orlandi. So we had a couple of young athletes and pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get in the mean potatoes because we had Raheem De La Suede defeat ATM and Ethan Price and Heather Reckless in a huge four-way extravaganza. Very good match. Love this one. Next up, we had a surprise match. This match got made day of show, by the way. Angelina Love defeated Blair Onyx. Yeah. Moses, the Deliverer, defeated Rohit Raju in a huge upset. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Here's here's one of my favorite matches of the weekend, by the way, bar none. Curry Man defeated Dan the Dad. How great was this match? This was so entertaining. This is fantastic. Hot spot, hot sauce spot yes. all fucking day. Unfortunately for Dan the Dad, though, dumping hot sauce down the throat of Curry Man just makes him stronger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, we had the United Glory Tag Team titles on the line. Your champions coming in, who had an upset coming in, to be champions, Grindhouse, Anakin Murphy, and Davey Vega took on the hustle and the muscle of former champions Kareem and Xavier Walker. They had Rohit Raju in their corner. At the end of the day, your new United Glory Tag Team Champions, the belts are back on the hustle and the muscle. Enjoyed this match, and I had a feeling it was going to go I knew, And I'm not mad about that at all. Next up, we had Mike Outlaw defeat Kenny Alfonso with a little help from Raheem De La Suede. Yeah. L- little bit. Little, little I, think, bit. I think I'm being generous with yeah. saying a little. Uh, then we had a match that I thought was probably one of my favorites of the weekend as well. Tootie Lynn defeated Kylie Ray. Great match there. Really like this match. Uh Cody Lane ended up defeating Warhorse via disqualification. They keep messing with Warhorse because they're trying to keep him away from that title. It's smart business from the champ, by the way. Yeah, it is, but I mean, eventually it's going to have to come up. Exactly. But the champ had his hands full in the main event of the evening because for the Crown of Glory Championship, your champion Camaro Jackson went one on one with the the man, the myth, the legend, the thing himself, Jake Something. Yeah, I'll give it to him by hook or by crook. Camaro Jackson walked out. Still, your glo- Crown of Glory champion. Is time going to run out eventually for that man? I don't know. You have to think eventually, but this is still a great match to cap off a fantastic night of wrestling, man. Glory Pro does such an amazing job on their shows. Uh, tremendous. If you if you haven't watched them yet, go to their YouTube page, Glory Pro Live. They still have a lot of great content up there that was free because they used to do all their shows free there. Now they are on Fight Plus, and I'm glad that they're getting that avenue. Tremendous shows, and it was a great show that night. But that is not the only show that went down this past Saturday, oh, January no, no. 7th. No, no, no. From Chicago, Illinois at the Thalia Hall, Game Changer Wrestling brought to present Save Me. Are you ready? I am ready to talk this In one. your opening contest, Cole Raderick, the king of wreck shit mountain, defeated Arez 10 minutes and 43 seconds. Cole Raderick getting it done in a non 
Deathmatch, once again, hybrid wrestler doing great things. Yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, seen him just in a regular wrestling match, per se. But, yeah, he did great for and uh, this solid opener. And a great battle between two young up-and-coming talents. Starboy, a.k.a. Hillbilly Charlie, defeated ASF Antonio San Francisco. Oh, 13 minutes and 40 seconds. This match was tremendous. Tremendous match, but Starboy. You got to get rid of the overalls. I don't know what the overalls and the Grateful Dead socks and coming out the purple haze is about, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I miss I miss Cruel Summer. I'm not gonna lie. I, it's it's kind of strange, and I, I I'm honestly it's weird to me. But hey, he still gets it done in the yeah, ring. Yeah, he does. He's great. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Titles were on the line. Your champions Los Macisos were defending the titles against the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang. This match got 10 minutes and 50 seconds at the end of the day, and still Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions Los Macisos. Great match. Next, we had the man who is now not just being booed in Atlantic City due to how he ended the night during the do-or-die battle royal. And then, of course, after this, we'll talk about it in a second, as all heart, if you want to say that about a coward, yeah. Blake Christian defeats Leon Slater, 13 minutes and 46 seconds. That was me kind of selling it out a little bit. But, hey, this was a tremendous match. And I'm kind of digging maybe we're going to finally get a real heel Blake Christian. Remember when he did Graveheart and nobody gave a shit? Yeah. I think we've he's finally found a way to be a heel. He's, he's tapping into it. And you know what? Good for him because he needs something right now. GCW. And I need to see way more of this young 17-year-old from the UK, Leon Slater, man. This kid is amazing. Tremendous. He's Him and Nick Wayne, I I fight forever, forever. Yes. Uh, And he had a great match here with uh, uh, Blake. Now, next up, we were supposed to have Joey Janela defend the GCW Extreme title against Tony Deppin. Unfortunately, Tony Deppin had car problems. So instead, Joey Janela said, hey, in honor of my fallen brother Marcus Crane, he would he you know I could either take the night off or in honor of Marcus Crane I could do crazy shit because that's what Marcus Crane would want, and he decided he was going to do crazy shit. So we got a tag team match, mm-hmm. and uh, so we ended up with the bad boy Joey Janela tag teaming with a different kind of boy Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Lloyd, and they defeated the second gear crew team of One Call Manders and Matthew Justice. Thirteen minutes thirty two seconds. And this was a war, including, if you haven't seen the clip already, Matthew Justice dives out of a balcony. Yeah. You wanted crazy, you got crazy. This match just got out of control. Like, you know, usually SGC matches are SGC matches. And you you kind of expect they're just going to be an all-out brawl. This took it up a level, and Matthew Justice is an absolute madman. Took us right into intermission, as it should. Yes. Coming back from intermission, we got a four-way match. And uh, at the end of the day, the Busta Killer, the Prize City OG Alec Price, defeated El Mago, Rocket, and a day, it was returned to Game Changer Wrestling of the Ego, Robert Anthony, in uh, 12 minutes and 11 seconds. I love the opening promo from this match. Yes. Now, where Alec Price comes out and just shits all over Chicago in his Boston accent. And then Robert Anthony's like, you can't talk about my town like that. And he cuts this great face promo, and then he goes, but you're right. Chicago is garbage. <laughs> and, he's like, it, it, and it kind of spurred this little love affair between the two. It was fucking great. Yeah, I need more of this. I do. I, I need more Robert Anthony in my life. I, I actually had to send him a message and be like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we had a three-on-two handicap match. Unfortunately, Charles Mason could not make the trip to Chicago. He got the COVIDs. Uh, so we had to cancel bookings. They they came up with a way around it. We'll talk about that in a second. But the match itself was a two out of three handicap match, and it was thrown out as a no contest as Perro and Slade, 
Mason's mercenaries, mm-hmm. went up against Thrusty, Alley Catch, Dark Sheik, and Effie. And the reason why is because he had promised to send somebody in his place. And a masked man got involved. That's what caused the throw up. But the masked man was Billy Dixon. Yeah. Friend of Effie's, who we haven't gotten an explanation why he turned on Effie, but he has now aligned himself with Mason's mercenaries. Yeah. Really crazy ending, but you know what? Solid match overall, though. Uh, we got a good match between a legend, a Hall of Famer, because he is an independent wrestling Hall of Famer, the notorious 187 Homicide. He defeated the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, 11 minutes and 9 seconds. I thought there was a lot of fun match. Uh, not, a, not a death match, but it got extreme. It got extreme, brutal match. I was here for it. And then it's the main event of the evening. And in one corner, we had the motherfucking hate club, Matt Tremont and... The Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion, the man, the king, King, the the god God of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. And they took on the East-West Express of the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver and the young goat, Nick. Just... I fucking love this match, by the way. Yeah. Nick Wayne was great in this match. I don't know why I paused there, but I just all of a sudden started thinking of this match. This match was phenomenal. Yeah, this match was a true showcase of what the young talent had, and obviously Tremont and Gage came out for this one. Dude, they came out. I think I think Tremont literally legit injured himself yeah. in his leg, but he still put in the, the effort. Nick Gage was working on a whole nother. Nick Gage really wanted to put these two young kids over. Uh-huh. He was working like he was fucking 10 years younger. Yeah. It was amazing. And and Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne stepped up to the challenge. I thought this was a great, you know, you know, hey, they didn't get the win. They lost to the hate club, but there's no there's shame, no shame in, in losing that. to two legends of wrestling and two fan favorites. And the crowd loved every minute of it. I thought this match was tremendous. 21 minutes out of Nick Gage. Yeah. Like that's unheard of these days because, you know, Nick hasn't been about it, but he's working out with these kids. And I think that he had that fountain of youth for the kids. And I love seeing it. And I hope I get to see more. And I hope I finally get to see. I, I've said it before. There's two people that I, there's only two people that I want to see possibly take the belt off of Nick Gage. Mm. One of them is Tony Deppin. Yeah. And the other is Jordan, Jordan Oliver. Oliver. And I'm really leaning more towards Jordan Oliver. Yeah. At this stage, I'm fully on there. Not that I hate no, no, Tony Depp. No, absolutely not. But you know what? I think it's Oliver's time. I think that – do you want to talk about breakout star? The work that he's been putting in over the past year, and let alone now, he's poised. And I'm fully convinced he's going to get that title shot at spring break. He, It's his time. And what he's done with Nick Wayne, I mean, those guys are really putting on great matches and for being so young in this business too. Absolutely. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out. Uh, IWTV. I know it's not fight. We're gonna come back to fight at the end because sure. we're gonna talk about you know the the impact pay per view. But IWTV, if it's out there, it's not that I have a thing where I can't talk about IWTV. I just am not watching as much anymore. But I, you know, independentwrestling.tv, nine ninety nine a month. You get a ton of a great wrestling copy. And if you're a fan of all elite wrestling or that PWG style, you know that kind of like, like I try to compare it to something that people watch. Impact mm-hmm. would be also. There's a great promotion there. It's called West Coast Pro Wrestling. Yes. West Coast Pro. They had a great show that went down this past weekend. We're not going to cover the full show because I don't have the time, but I'm just going to say Nick Wayne made his return to West Coast Pro. He looks like he's going to be challenging Titus Alexander for the West Coast Pro Championship at the next event. There's some great stuff going down. If you're looking for another thing, you know how we talk about Game Changer Wrestling and Wrestling Revolver and Glory Pro and everything else. West Coast Pro, if, if you don't want to go over to fight, if you have IWTV already, West Coast Pro is the way to go. Make sure you're following them. It's a tremendous, tremendous 
company and I can stand behind them 100%. Also going down on the West Coast this weekend and we haven't seen it because nobody has unless you were there and it'll probably be another two months before the Blu-ray hits the mail cycle. It was Pro Wrestling Gorillas Battle of Los Angeles. I, you know what? Hey, I'm a PWG fan but it's hard for us to cover PWG since they don't stream their shows. The only reason anything got out about the show, the only reason anybody was talking about this show because they don't stream them is because Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society showed up at the Battle of Los Angeles. So you've probably seen that online. Um, should we give out the winner of the Battle of Los Angeles or should we just like let it be? No, let it be. Okay, so you can find out if you want to. I don't want to spoil anything in case you want to watch for the Blu-ray to come out. Unfortunately, I really think that it would help them to be on some streaming platform or at least so you could order it like a pay-per-view, like on Fight. I will give them a free piece of advice. We know that Honor Club is coming out. Why don't you team up with them yeah. to stream your events live? There you go. And that might make people buy Honor Club. I like PWG. There's yeah. nothing. I'm not saying anything against them. I like Super Dragon. The whole the whole problem that I have is that it's fucking 2023, and if I can't watch stream your shit on Fight or like buy even the replay like the next day, by the time I get the Blu-ray in two months, it's already two. I'm already two months behind. Yeah, exactly. Like literally, they just put out the November Blu-ray just shipped. So it's kind of like, man, and it's hard for us to cover it because we live in a world where we have so much wrestling content that we can talk about and a ton that we're, we just can't even get to. I mean, I, I don't even want to go down the whole, you know, card for West Coast Pro because we have a whole other show to talk about and then the main event segment. So yes. it's one of those situations that, you know, it's got to pick and choose. So PWG, man. I think you guys need to do something because I do think they have a product worth watching. The product is definitely worth watching, but it's now 2023. It's not five years ago where streaming was just relatively new and people were starting to dabble in it. Every single major independent promotion is on streaming for the most part. And if you want to stay relevant with the time, and especially as we talked about with Fight TV, how many organizations do they have under their banner? IWTV, how much do they have under their banner? There are options out there that make more sense than the current setup that you have, in my opinion. Right, and if you don't want to stream your shit part of a deal, which is fine, sure, put it up for pay-per-view on Fight. Yeah. And you make money that way. Like, you know what I mean? I, we're going we're to break down Impact here in a second. They're on Fight. It's mm-hmm. worthwhile. AEW is on Fight internationally. Yeah. So it's not like it's a shit brand. Exactly. As a matter of fact, we want to order, we would order it on Fight, AEW shows, that is, if we could in the States. Oh, absolutely. Instead, we watch it on traditional pay-per-view because BR Live fucking sucks. Yeah. It's, it's just as bad as Peacock. Actually, it's worse than Peacock. There's nothing worse than BR Live. Yeah. Although the last couple of Peacock shows have been hard. Yeah, been a little. Tough. I don't know what's going on with them. And ESPN Plus. Don't even get me started on uh, MMA fights. No, no. If you're going to be charging a hundred dollars a fucking fight, you better fix that shit. That's all. I'm. I, I, I'm going to cut myself. Yeah. Off. I was we, say, let's save some time. Yeah. Because I could get in the deep end on it. I'm sure everybody at home, if you listen, to, if you watch MMA, you know what I'm talking about. All right, let's talk about this, though. Let's talk about the last thing we're going to talk about in the mid-card, and that, of course, is on Friday the 13th, this upcoming Friday. Impact Wrestling is back with their hard-to-kill pay-per-view coming to you from Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's go. Of course, the show will start at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The pre-show is at 7 o'clock, but the actual show itself, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The countdown is free, by the way, so if you want to tune in for free, you can do that. You can watch all the action on Fight.TV. Are you ready to talk about the card? Absolutely. Our friend Jonathan Gresham goes one-on-one with diehard Eddie Edwards. That's worth admission. This is amazing. Impact Digital Media Championship on the line. Your champion, Joe Hendry, will defend the title against Moose. 
I love the storyline they're doing here. It's a great storyline. Joe Hendry, how, how good is he? How does how did he get away from everybody else? Is yeah. My question. Uh, next up, the knockouts number one contendership match is going to be Killer Kelly versus Deanna Parazzo versus Macha Slamovich versus Taylor Wilde. Early match of the year contender. I think this is going to be tremendous. This yeah. is This right here, possibly women's match of at least the last couple months. And that's saying there's been some good women's matches. Exactly. But that's a fucking loaded card right there. Next up, the Impact X Division Championship will be on the line as your champion, Trey Miguel, goes against Black Taurus. Hmm. Impact World Tag Team titles on the line. Motor City Machine Guns defending the titles against Heath and Rhino. Also, the major players and Ace Austin and Chris Bay represent Bullet Club. Ooh, I didn't hear about them getting at it. That's right. Four-way for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Could we say and new? I think it's time. I think Ace Austin and Chris Bay should win. Hell yeah. Then we got two matches left. Impact Knockouts title on the line. Your champion, Jordan Grace, will be defending the title against the legendary Hall of Famer, Mickey James. And remember, if Mickey James loses, she will retire. So she's either going to walk out Knockouts champion or this will be Mickey James's last match in her career. She said that she's serious about it. I, I, I agree she's serious. I'm going to say in new. You're going to say in new? It's not quite time to call it a career? It's not quite time just yet, but I think she wins uh, for reasons. Okay. All right. Now, that brings us to the main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship. Your champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, goes one-on-one with the man who got his title shot not that long ago when he made his surprise return to Impact Wrestling, and that would be Bully Ray. Of course, the storyline has been pretty crazy, yeah. which I would expect from Bully Ray. I've really been digging it. So the question is, Ken M, is it going to be Ann Still or Ann New this upcoming Friday? You know, I'm going to say Ann Still, but it's not going to be a clean win. It's going to be something to extend this feud because this feud has been money. This has been some very entertaining television. Bully Ray, when he's in full-blown heel mode, is great. And especially for Josh Alexander, who's been really carrying impact with his title run and just phenomenal matches, they need to keep this going for a while. And I would not be mad if they did extend it for at least one more match. So I'm going to say Alexander wins, but let's say it's, you know, a referee gets knocked out and doesn't see Alexander tap or get pinned, some kind of shenanigans like that. Yeah, I agree. It's it's going to be crazy. I still think it's going to be Ann still, but I hope so because this has been a very, very good storyline. Impact kind of needed the storyline. I hope we continue it going forward, but I expect this to be a very violent and oh, bloody God, yeah. matchup. That's going to end the mid-card for this week's 607 TWS. We're going to take our final break. When we come back from the break, it'll be time for the main event of the show. And unfortunately, we have finally hit the point where we have to talk about what's going on in world wrestling entertainment with Vincent Kennedy McMahon and the late-breaking story of the resignation of Stephanie McMahon. We will talk about that in the main event after this final break.
time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver with every paper I deliver bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride but something touched me deep inside the day the music died so bye bye miss american pie drove my chevy to the levee but the levee was dry <laughs> the good old boys was drinking whiskey and rye saying this'll be the day that i die this'll be the day that i die classic I feel like this was fitting to come back from the break for. Yeah. And I'm sure out, out there you guys are fucking confused as shit. Like, kind of. Unless you were in on the joke and you started laughing as soon as you heard uh, American Pie. But, you know, I, I thought I, w- I thought I would give you guys some entertainment. Because it is the main event segment of this week's edition of 607 TWS. And once again, we are finding ourselves in an unenviable task of talking about shit that I just don't care about. It doesn't matter. But it is a big news story, and though we have to cover it. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, we can convince some people to not give a shit because it doesn't matter to wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. And that is at the end of the day. But it is news, so we do have to cover it. Right. And why I'm saying all of this is because we just got done talking about Wrestle Kingdom Mm -hmm. 17. We got done talking about previewing some impact wrestling with a solid fucking card coming up. Talking about Game Changer Wrestling and and, and Glory Pro Live and and things that wrestling fans, you know, we should care about is good, wholesome entertainment, if you will. I don't know how wholesome some of it was. Yeah. I love death matches. I don't care. But here's my thing. We start to get into this business world and we do bring it up and we had to bring it up in the past with AEW and the ratings and the bullshit and the blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, I've always said the same thing. When it comes to ratings, when it comes to even this, what we're going to talk about with WWE here, as a fan, I don't get money from this. Right. So I don't care. <laughs> I just want to see good wrestling. And if it distracts and if it if, if wrestling goes away as bad, I just won't watch anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'll watch something else. There's so many options out there, so many palate cleansing. But we turn on the internet and we just see, whoo. Especially because we did it a day later than we were going to, which is kind of a gift and a curse, so we don't have to talk about it next week. Yeah. Because, of course, the breaking news of Stephanie McMahon resigning, and we're going to talk about that. So all of this is me basically giving you what I give you on the show, keeping it 100 right down the middle, as you guys know. And whenever we have to talk about shit like this, I fucking like, ah. But here we go. We're not going to be quoting sources because... I think everybody knows the fucking story by now. So we got news last week. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. That Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, decided to exercise his power of shareholder, which I damn to know how they fucking let this happen, to force his way back on as the chairman of the board of directors for WWE. After originally asking, (laughs) politely in a letter, I guess, in 
politely being told, yeah, that's not good for the PR image. Nah, he couldn't do that. And he also brought back two other people who were disgraced with him, which is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing, because they have television deals since. But made the promise to the world that uh, management would not change. That the CEOs would still stand to be Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, and then the content czar, the creative mastermind, uh, Paul Triple H Levesque would still be in charge there. So they weren't changing anything. Right. This is all just the sales. So taking him as his face value, I believe that to be true. So the reason for him to come back, though, was for uh, originally being stated was the sell the TV rights coming up, which we know is coming up for next year, which have to be negotiated this year. And on top of that, also to determine whether there would be a sale of the company as well. So now all the dirt sheets and everybody that knows a person that knows a person that knew a person that drank with a person, thanks to our friend Coach, um, <laughs> has come out of the woodwork going, well, this is what's going to happen or this is what's happening or this. And nobody fucking knows. Okay. Right. Here's, here's the lowdown of it. This is a company. This is a business. And it's made a shit ton of money. <laughs> you know, as of today, we looked it up. $5.2 billion is what the worth of WWE is currently. Uh, they've come off of three years where they've made over a billion and a half dollars in profit. Profit for those of you that don't know, because, uh, you know, some of us just don't give a fuck. But profit for those of you who don't know is what's left after the bills are paid. That means the money you made. A uh, billion and a half dollars is a lot of money. And in the last two years, they've made over two billion. So it is it is steadily going up. So even though the company is only worth $5.2 billion, technically speaking, it is worth a lot more than that to an investor. So coming up, it is estimated uh, from people who know sources jumping into, I do believe variety reported on this. Cause we took this from variety and we also took it from, uh, was it deadline? I do believe mm-hmm. of the reported that it's estimated that possibly WWE will be netting to five to $6 billion in their next TV deal five to six for just raw and SmackDown, not counting what they're going to get for NXT or anything else, five to $6 billion just for those two products. So that's two and a half to $3 billion a piece. If you're doing the math at home, yeah, it has been widely reported by Variety in particular that Disney is one of the lead uh, people who want to get the television deal. Uh, they're putting together a package for ABC and ESPN, allegedly. Also, on top of that, other suitors are NBC Universal, who would like to get not just keep Raw on USA, but would like to lure, or would like to lure SmackDown possibly to NBC, mm-hmm. allegedly. Fox is also still in the running because they would like to at least keep SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah. If not more. And on top of that, there's other suitors, i.e. Amazon is out there. It's very well named because Amazon is looking to make a big push in the sports realm, whether it's sports in football, as we know, they put together this gigantic package for the NFL. I know you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah. And uh, they're looking to do the same with WWE. So out of those suitors, is that everybody or did I miss somebody? Well, I mean, there was, Com- let's see, NBC Universal Comcast was the, uh, the head one. Fox is up there. You had Netflix was kind of sneaking in there, I heard, too. I heard that back door, yeah. Yeah, they were trying to get in there. WB Discovery, which would be very, very interesting if that could happen. And I, then, I don't think that's happened. I don't think there's no. a shot in fucking hell. I don't think that one is going to happen either, and especially uh, the company that owns the UFC right now. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember their name right Yeah, we discussed it on the ODPH there. It was like... Unless it's Disney or Fox or NBC Universal, like I, in my opinion, there's no real contenders unless Amazon really wants to make that play because they do have the deal with the NFL and they want to. It looks like they want to expand in that market, so they do have the money to play there. So the wording of the release from Vince McMahon 
states that on top of that, there was a sell the company option. So when you're going into a big negotiation where you're going to possibly get up to $6 billion or more right. just for television rights, which is a lot of money, folks. The company's worth $5.2 billion. Once again, they have made over a billion and a half in profits in the last three years, including the last two years, over $2 billion. That means it's a very profitable company. It's not going anywhere. So the thing is that maybe the thought process from Vince and other people in what a business company would do is, well, if somebody's willing to give us $6 billion for television, what are they willing to pay for the company as a whole? And then they can make their own TV deals or put it on their own TV. So the best way to explain this is I'm going to use Disney. Now, mind you, this is not me saying Disney is buying it. I am just using Disney because the mouse is powerful and it is a possibility. Sure. So basically, if Disney is really looking to amp it up and put uh, one of the shows on ABC and one of the shows on ESPN, don't know which one, doesn't matter and they're going to put a package together, it might behoove them to go, hey, maybe we'll just give you $20 billion for the company as a whole, and then we can own the company, and then we can still put it on our television. Right. And technically speaking, yes, they're paying $14 billion more, but then they get to make that profit. And it is, it is a very sexy figure, if you will. Once again, that's not the sale prices. But with the fact that the company's worth 5.2, that's not what the company will be sold for. Because it's making a profit, WWE at the bare minimum would fetch 15 billion. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that that would sell for anything under 20 billion to be quite honest with you. Right. There's no way. And and that is a possibility if the, if you don't think about it, when you're making an investment, especially large investments like that, a lot of people try to get their investments back in 10 years. And if the company is making over 2 billion dollars in profit a year, that puts you at the 20 billion mark. You could even feel comfortable doing 30 billion and moving it up. Mm-hmm. Now, where this comes into trip uh, to to the management staying in place and Vince just being there for the acquisition sale, etc., whether it's of the TV deals, documentary deals, whatever deals or the actual fucking company, where it comes into play the having management in place is Disney is a good portion of this. When they bought Lucasfilm, they kept the organization intact. Right. Because they would prefer the organization to run. Now, if the organization isn't making money, i.e. like Marvel Comics, when they purchase that, then they will make changes. However, if the if the company is making money after their big acquisition, why would you fuck with what works? Mm-hmm. You just pay those people. And people like Nick Khan and even Triple H are under contract for their office jobs. Right. So we just remember it was two or three years that Nick Khan just signed an extension for. Triple H is under a three- to five-year deal. We know on his current job. So they would want those people to be in charge. They would re-up their contracts. They would work for them like an employee. That's how that actually all works. So now that we got that part of the business out of the way. Mm-hmm. Vince coming back is troublesome. Do not like it is a bad PR move. The original, the board of directors was originally right to tell him to go fuck off. Yeah. The fact that he forced himself in means how tone deaf this son of a bitch really is. Because, you know, the problem is he's not being talked about. That is the problem. Mm -hmm. He's an egomaniac narcissist. Here's the thing. I wish and I hope and I pray to God that they sell this company. I hope the God, the Amazon or fucking Fox or whoever steps up and gives this motherfucker 20 to 30 billion, whatever they're looking for, and hasta luego, and we'll never have to deal with Vince McMahon ever again. Mm -hmm. Because that is the actual real deal here. If you are a wrestling fan, you should be hoping that Vince is gone. Yeah. And this is the way out, ladies and gentlemen. This is the absolute way out. I'm not wrong. So I don't understand why the long and gloom, the doom and gloom shouldn't be here. This is wrestling fans finally getting what we want. As a person who is a Las Vegas Raiders football fan (laughs) for the longest time, and I know this is going to sound horrible and it might make me sound like a horrible person. I promise it's not that bad. For the longest time, we knew that, hey, if, if Al Davis... 
wasn't the owner of the Raiders anymore, things would get slightly better. Now, mind you, the record has gotten better. Yes. But it's because Al Davis had his ways. He was stuck in his ways. When Al Davis unfortunately passed away, we didn't want him to die. We just wanted him to sell the fucking team. Mm -hmm. But when Al Davis unfortunately passed away, things did change. Is it great? Have we won a Super Bowl? No. But it's a lot better than what we were dealing with in the last decade of his life. And it's not disparaging the great Al Davis. I love Al Davis. Right. But I'm just saying he's out of touch. It's like if you're a Cowboys fan right now, how you probably feel about Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. It's when you're too involved in the product and you're too tied in and it's a detriment to your fucking product. It's a problem. And that is a problem with World Wrestling Entertainment. And I think Vince saw the writing on the wall. I think he knows he can't come back. I think he knows he, that the fans will never accept him in creative or anything else. So I think that there is a possibility that he really does want to sell this company for that reason. Your thoughts? No, I, the only reason I think he's coming back, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. His ego can't handle the fact that the company has moved on and has flourished without him. And the only reason that I think he really is back is, yeah, he wants to guide the sale, get that final payday, and get that final write-off in the sunset like, I did this. And have that ego stroke. That is the opinion I have. Because to see him come back all of a sudden and literally force his way back. But he's had enough shares that he has to be involved in the television sale process anyway. It's just a matter of does his reach stop there. And I think it does. Because I think in every single form that we have seen come out via press release. It has stated that he is only coming back to help strategize for the business sale. So whatever they're planning on doing as far as the business he has to be a part of. It's unfor it's unfortunately a necessary evil in that sense. Oh, absolutely, because he has to sign off. But I, I'm with you. I think he has to be more important. He's this fucking narcissistic piece of shit. I'm not gonna pull any punches on this. Yeah. I'm no longer. I'm no more happy about this than anybody else. But as a wrestling fan, it's not affecting my life. Right. Because Triple H is still in creative. He's still the head person there. So for everybody thinking the sky is falling and Vince is coming back in that role, there's no way he's coming back in that role. He's only there to sell the rights to either the company or the TV deal, whatever the case is going to be. So he's there basically in name only, but still him coming back and he can't let it go and force his way in because he has to be Vince McMahon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is just stupid. But this is what he does. We knew that he was going to have an idea about doing this. And the fact that we are here at this stage, it's really kind of crazy to see but it's not completely unexpected. But the big thing is, at the end of the day, is it affecting the product I'm watching on Monday nights and Friday nights? No. As of right now, no. Now, if that changes as a wrestling fan, that just means I don't watch anymore. And it's a sad thing because I've, I've started to really like what we're doing. But unfortunately, that's just where we're at. Yeah. And that's just what we're going to have to deal with. But as of right now, it doesn't. This business aspect of it is, is, is fucking troublesome. It is very, very troublesome. But... I just, I just don't understand why this is the sky is falling moment. I've heard people saying stuff like this is the worst day in wrestling history. The day we're in right now because Stephanie McMahon did resign. And that part I did not see coming, but that could be for numerous reasons. So right. let, me, let me read the Stephanie McMahon uh, press release she released. And I thought this was interesting. Uh, it says, Dear WWE Universe, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks, unexpectedly, had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I've known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. 
Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as chief content officer, I am confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is a such is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a little kid as a pure fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company, our employees, our superstars, and our fans, and I am grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever, together, Steph. And I like how she signed it as Steph instead yeah. of Stephanie. Uh, very personal. I, You know, fucking Stephanie is such a great human being. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there. We're not talking about the character of Stephanie right, McMahon. Right, 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 right. We're talking about the actual human fucking being. And I do not know how she came from Vince McMahon. <laughs> like, I really don't. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how that's even possible. Um, this was troubling to me, uh, obvious for obvious reasons. I'm not sure why. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out a couple of things and we can talk about it, obviously. Sure. The first thing is I'm really hoping against – and uh, that is that there's something wrong with Stephanie, mm-hmm. uh, whether physically, health-wise. You know, I obviously am not wishing that. I hope there's not. Right. There's a reason she took a leave of absence. Then she came back to do her due diligence and duty to carry on the company out of duty. And now that she feels, according to her own words, that everything's going to be fine, she can bow out. I'm hoping that that's not the case. I don't think it is, but I'm hoping that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is just me. This is not the guy that the bar told me or whatever. I think that there is legitimate. Um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there is there is an issue between Stephanie and her father that is so abrasive. Yeah, that I don't think she can work with her father, and I think that his infidelity maybe that was over the years. But what happened and what came to light. In the Wall Street Journal, remember, when she did her leave, it was about two months before the Wall Street Journal uh, article. Give take, yeah. So I'm assuming, and that was around the time we heard rumors after that came out, that that was around the time that Linda moved out. Mm-hmm. That was around the time her parents were together. So I think that that's when the family found out exactly how disgusting Vince McMahon is. And I think at that point in juncture, I feel like all the respect... I mean, I'm sure on some level she probably still loves him and she he's, he's her father. Oh, sure. And you but. never stop loving somebody, even if they're horrible, you know, and I understand that. But I think that she lost all respect for her father. And I really believe that she left in her leave of absence to help her mother and also because she did not want to work with her dad. Mm-hmm. When her dad got forced out, she came back to take over the family business in the chairwoman position and also co-CEO. When Vince pulled his shit... I think Stephanie's like, I don't want to be around you. Yeah. I don't want anything to fucking do with you. Triple H may be staying on as a courtesy. He's also under contract, but a courtesy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also to make Stephanie feel better. However, I don't, and and Nick Khan being there, I think helps out a lot too. Oh, absolutely. She she very glowingly talked about Nick Khan here, obviously. So obviously there's a, a big admiration for Nick Khan. So with the fact that he is now the full CEO because that was official after she resigned. It was made official by WWE that he is now the acting CEO completely, not Mm. Mm co-CEO. And Triple H is still the chief content creator. 
uh, uh, what was that? Uh, the exact, I'm sorry, the exact terminology uh, they used was chief content officer. Sorry. Mm-hmm. CCO, if yes. you will. Uh, so I don't know, but I think that that's the case. I think that, the, that there's irreparable damage. That's the word I was looking for oh, okay. earlier for Stephanie and Vince's relationship. And if you notice, she did not say my father came back. She said mm-hmm. our founder. Yep. She didn't say the man who created, you know, like she didn't, the glowing statement that you usually get for Vince. Yeah, she didn't give that. She just said our founder, Vince McMahon, she, has returned. She kept it very cold. It was and very, very personal. cold and personal. Yep. And it was professional. Yeah, professional, I mean. And, but, but it was very cold. And the fact that there was no personal there. Like, it's her father. I mean, yeah, she didn't know, and I mentioned that her husband is trip, you know, Paul Triple H Levesque. It doesn't matter, though. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she just said founder, she didn't put it over at all. Like, it triumphantly returned her. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that at all. No, it was just basically I'm wiping my hands clean and I'm walking away. But she was very courteous to the fans, as we would expect. Right, because I do believe she still loves the fans. I still oh, yeah. think she loves the fans. I still still think she loves the company. I think that there's probably a little bit of this of of her dad selling the company kind of probably stings a little bit. Maybe she thought she should get the company. Yeah, but I think that at some some point she realized she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And the bad part about that is I think that she's probably on board with them selling that motherfucker as well. Oh yeah, in the fact that it just like I said, it gets rid of Vince. Like, this is the ultimate. Like, if we are lucky as wrestling fans, it's not the day that, that this is happening where it's a sad day if WWE sells. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, if WWE sells, especially if it sells to a viable company, which it has to at the price that it will be asked, that means that we get rid of Vince McMahon forever. Yeah. He's gone. He doesn't get any shares if the company is sold. So he's gone. Triple H is still under contract, and it hopefully would work out a deal. There's other wrestling minds that they could bring in. So in theory, for fans, the best thing that could ever happen to World Wrestling Entertainment is Vince to leave. Oh, I agreed. Completely. And he's not going to leave as long as he has those shares in his back pocket. Right. As that, we just found out. Yeah, because that was his ultimate get back in in the house key. Like, that's how he is back, because he had to sign off on the deal with the amount of shares he's involved in. So if he did work the company's sale, which, I mean, I know the rumor is going around online right now that the deal is quote-unquote allegedly soon to be done, it's way too early for that. I would I would be surprised if there was a fucking ink deal already. Yeah. That's, because that's a quick fucking turnaround. Like, I mean, it is a profitable company. So I, I would assume that if there was a serious enough suitor, yeah. that it could be done quickly. Yeah, that's the whole thing right now because, I, like I say, if, if I'm kind of pausing a little bit because my phone is blowing up because people are messaging that allegedly a rumor is going around that this is – sooner than later which i'm like I, and i want to stress rumor i don't want i don't want to put any false information out there i like to be very honest in my statements but this is a whole situation that with vince gone which is eventually going to happen he just wants that last ride out in the sunset that i did this but you know what he's going to get a payday and then disappear but the business will keep going on the machine will keep rolling that's the whole key thing with this is no matter what's going to happen, if a company is going to invest this much money into WWE, they're going to want the current staff in there that has made the money. And if you don't think that that's the case, I don't know what to tell you. I know that obviously people are saying, well, Vince will come back to creative. They would not be able to withstand the PR hit. Oh, there's no company that would hire him as an employee because at this point in juncture, he'd have to be a hired employee. Yeah. Like that's that's basically where you're at. You know. Yeah, that's the whole thing with that. So it wouldn't make any sense for him to stay on long term. That's the key thing. 
He's back because he has to orchestrate the deal and sell it because of the shares. But to think that what we've come to accustom with since he stepped down as creative is going to go away, pump the brakes a little bit. It's, it sounds a little crazy to see him come back and everybody's fearing the worst. But until we see that actually happen in a tweeter statement coming out from Triple H saying he's gone, I'm taking it with an extreme grain of salt. Uh, once again, you know, I don't think you're going to get rid of the person. It would not be behooven to somebody who buys it exactly. to do that. And uh, the, the, the rumor currently that we're seeing go around a little bit is that the Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is going to be purchasing World Wrestling Entertainment. I don't think that that's the case. Yeah. I mean, it could be. It could be, but. But, I, but it wouldn't behoove them to do it. Yeah. I mean, if if that's the case, that's fine. WWE fucking dies if nobody wants to watch it. I don't give a shit. It, then they flush money down the toilet. It's a win-win. Yeah. You know, like, at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of people losing their minds on the internet right now. Oh, yeah. And, and my point of the matter is is that as wrestling fans, as people who who love pro wrestling, pro wrestling isn't going anywhere. No, it's not. Even if even if worst case scenario, let's say worst case scenario, Vince sells to the fucking Saudis, the Saudis because they don't give a shit, hire Vince as the head of creative, they fuck get rid of Triple H, get rid of uh, get rid of Nick Khan. You know what's going to really happen in the long run of things? I don't know if that business model is viable. Yeah. I don't under I don't think it will be. And what'll happen is they'll go back to lesser ratings. They won't, you know, they might get this one deal, but depending upon the money, they won't make their money back. And it'll be a fucking nightmare. It'll be an exactly. absolute fucking nightmare. So, like, if that's the what if that's the worst case scenario, I still have New Japan, I still have Impact Wrestling, I still have AEW, I still have whatever, and then Tony Khan wins the world. Then, then, and and I don't know if I I don't know if that's the greatest thing in the world either, but it'll be better than you know nothing, right? As long as I have the indies, I will be fine. Exactly. I'll have New Japan, too. I'll have GCW and New Japan and Impact. I'm good. Right. And once again, as a fan, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. It could. Who knows? But that's not my job to like say who's going to buy World Wrestling Entertainment or whether it sells at all. Because there was a lot of outlines there. There was, hey, if, it's, if, if the offer's right, we'll sell. Yeah. That's cool. If not, we'll push forward to the TV deals. We'll sell the television rights. And then also, we'll, they were looking at also one of the things that was mentioned in there was looking at taking the company back private. Yeah. So instead of being a publicly traded company, it become a private company again. Now, you don't have to have a sale for that. They just have to pay off the, the shareholders, whatever the fee is. Yeah. So that's all that they have to do. Uh, well, actually, just they have to buy all the shares. Mm-hmm. But they have the money with the profiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they could technically do that. That was an option that was laid out with the initial you know, full thing that Vince put out mm-hmm. when he came back. Once again, I think that he's a scumbag. I think he's a piece of shit. I think we've been very fucking clear on this for a long time. Oh, yeah. If you go back in the archives, you'll find it. But at the end of the day, I started to like watching WWE again because Triple H was doing a good job running the show. I'm not saying that I'm in love with it. It's still not my number one. Mm-hmm. I'm still not defending everything that happens. But you don't. There's nothing. There's no show that you like 100. percent Exactly. Even New Japan. You heard me earlier. I gushed over New Japan because I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. But there's things at Wrestle Kingdom I did not like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, that's the end of the world. It just means that hey, I'm leery of some of these things that are fucking happening. And as my job as a wrestling commentator. To, to, to you listening, which thankfully, thankfully you guys do listen. Oh, yeah. And I hope you understand all of that. It's the same thing I'm saying here. The sky is not falling. We have so much fucking stuff going on. And once again, worst case scenario, 
And I know this will drive some of the the only people who probably should be really upset is the universe marks, but yeah. they like Vince anyways, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, they, the only reason they would be upset is because really it just means a better world for Tony Khan and AEW. Because if Vince is back in the saddle again, that means that's going to cut off all the relationships that we just possibly talked about coming to World Wrestling Entertainment, mm-hmm. which means he benefits and AEW benefits, and then the fans benefit, especially if he starts booking shit right. Yeah. And, and his booking is is okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. Nobody's a 100%. It's not Triple H booking. No, it's so Maybe he not. can hire Triple H. Who knows? Who fucking knows, right? Exactly. So, I mean, the sky is never falling. Even in the worst case scenario, we might end up with something great. That's the whole thing. We don't know right now. The only thing we can say with 100% confidence is Vince is back for the TV deals and the sale if that happens. Everything else... Vince is back to sell something. Is, Whether it's the yeah. company or TV deals. He's he, back to sell he's something. He's back to sell something and make some money on the way out the door. Yeah. Stephanie, unfortunately, is gone. Triple I really H. think that's more to do with the fact that yeah, she does I'm not want to I'm with you there. I think there's an irreparable damage to their, their, their fucking I, relationship. I completely and agree I, with you. And you know what? Hey, I don't blame her because... Oh, I don't blame her if either. I was, if I was Vince McMahon's son in this case, I'd be like, fuck you. Don't talk to me. You're not going to do that shit to my mother. Exactly. And you, you embarrass my mother. You embarrassed our family. You embarrassed our company. Like, you've, you're just a fucking embarrassment. Like, I have zero fucking respect for you. Yeah. Have a good day. Like, I can completely understand that if that's the case. I'm not saying it is, but I could understand if that's the case because I would feel that way. Yeah. There's no way I wouldn't feel that way. I would, I, I mean, unfor- you know, unfortunately for Vince, I'm a, I'm male and she's female. I would have beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care that he's in shape. He's still old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if nothing to fucking lead pipe won't help. You know I mean? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> all you know, bringing it back to like all seriousness, yeah. though, like this is just it's just a weird thing for people to freak out about. And you know, we always talk about not freaking out about it. Exactly. And we always talk about not really caring about. You know, the only time you should ever care about ratings and numbers from a wrestling fan perspective is to know who to push and not to push. And even in that case, that you know, that's just left to whatever. Everybody's going to get you to try to click on everything. I mean, I didn't even want to talk about this. We've wasted a lot of time talking about it because I just wanted it to be known that there is. This isn't the end of the fucking world. No, there's definitely more to watch in wrestling and not dwell upon this of but all things. In a nutshell, let's wrap it up, put a bow on it because we're done. Uh, it's like this. Vince McMahon's a piece of shit. What he did here was the dumbest fucking shit ever. He may or may not sell the company. And as a wrestling fan, if he sells it to the right people, I'm in. If he sells it to the Saudis, whatever, fucking... It, if, if they run it right, they'll make money and nothing will change except for their fucking, you know, shitty people too. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it is what it is, right? One shitty person to another. But as long as it's ran right as a fan, you can get bad at that. If you can't, don't watch. There's plenty of other fucking wrestling to watch, right? Mm-hmm. If not, maybe it gets bought by Jeff Bezos and Amazon or fucking Disney or whoever. And that's the best case scenario, right? Yeah. And then there's no more threat of Vince McMahon ever again. And we might get something ran properly. And in the future might look bright. If not, worst case scenario, it gets mismanaged. None of us like it. And we fucking just stop watching. And we go back to fucking, you know, just watching fucking independent wrestling, New Japan, AEW, whatever. And in that case, you know, hey, AEW wins. In my opinion, why not? You know, it can't be worse. It's true. It's not. Because at least the in-ring product's fine. It's it's just it's a mess to just get stressed out, and I don't want I don't want anybody out there listening to this to be stressed out. Yeah, and hopefully this helps you not be stressed out because there is the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, either one of two things is going to happen: Triple H is going to stay in creative and all is well, or Vince is going to get bought out because he sells a thing and he disappears forever. 
And those are both wins. Like yeah. the worst, the real worst case scenario is he sells it to his friends, the Saudis, and somehow he gets had to creative, and we all stop watching WWE, and that's a win too because that's five hours of wrestling we don't have to watch anymore. Exactly, be watching Fight Plus TV. That's right, baby. Woo! <laughs> exactly. I can watch more replays. Yes. You know what I mean? We'll do live reaction replays. Focus, focus. Yeah, I can start covering other shit. Yeah. You know, I, I I've all of a sudden found more time for something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you guys will get to benefit from that because then you get to hear us gush about like things like Wrestle Kingdom. The there's good no, things. There's no way that listening to this show, even if you find me entertaining at the end, and you know we try to be entertaining, especially with you know coming back with American Pie, DMCA's beware. And I'll let you know if that happens. If if it comes down and I have to put it back up, you know what happened. Yeah. But I thought it would be a fun way to get the levity out and have a, a good time. But with that being said, I, I I think that that's what we do here, and that's what we do well, and I think that's why I and I could be wrong. Please write us, you know, and send us messages if you want. I think that that's why you guys tune in because we come from the fan perspective. We give you some fun, and the things where we're gushing over Wrestle Kingdom or a show on like Game Changer Wrestling or even Impact or whatever, an insert show here, and we're being fans and we're trying to give you commentary from fans while still giving you an inside look because of my time in the wrestling business and everything else. I think. That is why you tune into 607 TWS. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You might just find me funny or whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, but we're glad you tune in. And if we can give you that in these moments of like real fucking shitty business grime and bullshit, then we're going to give it to you. But that is the layout. That is what's happening. From here, we'll find out. Maybe Triple H, maybe by next week, Triple H is fired. Maybe by next week, Nick Khan, Khan is gone. Maybe by next week, they sell it to the Saudis or whoever. We don't know. All I know is that next week on this show. Yeah. I will be talking about the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. I will be talking about the Great Muda's final match. I will be talking, uh, and, and me and Ken M will be talking, I should say, yeah. about upcoming Game Changer Wrestling shows because they have a whole thing. We'll be talking about Hard to Kill from Impact Wrestling and reviewing that. And we're going to be talking about things that keep you in there as a fan. And then from there, we're going to go on, whether that's the talk about the Royal Rumble the following week, which is the plan, or whether <laughs> shit gets all fucked up, which I don't think it'll be that bad. I think we'll still get the rumble at least. We're going to get the rumble and then we'll go from there. But I mean, the, the moral is we will always give you that fan perspective. We will always say the good things about wrestling, the positive things about wrestling, because that's what we want. I mean, we build. do have to tell you about the shitty parts. Too, yeah, we, we mentioned the shitty parts, but we keep it moving, though, because that's the whole thing. We can't dwell upon stuff that's out of our control. And listen, there is so much good wrestling out there outside of the WWE that if you don't like what the product is going to evolve into, don't watch it. Dude, Fight Plus right now, Fight TV four ninety nine. You can you can find a if you don't like Game Changer Wrestling, that's fine. They have AIW. If you don't like AIW, that's fine. They have Glory Pro. If you don't like like you're gonna find a product that you like there. If not, go to IW. If you want more, if you like what you got in Fight, but you need more. IWTV, independentwrestling.tv, $9.99 a month. They got a ton of promotions and they own tape libraries of fucking every former major company. Like, you can go back and watch good combat zone wrestling, not the shitty years, yeah. the good years. You can go back and, like, that's all on IWTV. You can go ahead and order stuff. You can go and get njpwworld.com. Give. New Japan a chance. Have you ever watched a Japanese wrestling event? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you're nervous. There's English commentary. For yeah. 99% of the shows, that new shows that come out, there's English commentary, and they've even added it to some of the older ones. But even if that's even if it's in Japanese, you can still watch the match and feel what's going on, especially older matches. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing. There's always something out there for you as a fan to get into. And if you need recommendations, 
hit us up. We'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, man, support it. And that's this. That's I'm telling you, there's not as wrestling fans. Wrestling has been around for over a hundred years, and it's going to continue to be around. Whether WWE, you know, as of right now, my safe money is that WWE makes enough money that even with a sale, they'll still be around. We'll see if they make smart decisions. Whoever buys it, yeah. But no matter what, they'll be around, and maybe it's the best thing that ever fucking happened. We might look back at this time where everybody was freaking out about it and go, "Oh shit!" You know, did when remember when Disney bought WWE and then WWE got fucking real good? You know what I mean? Like hold those MC, receipts. MCU yeah. fucking good. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Maybe we're not. Maybe, maybe in two next year we're just talking about all elite wrestling and how shit. You know how great all elite wrestling's been since they got an influx of all these wrestlers that fucking <laughs> left that shit company. <laughs> And you know what I mean? And and they got triple. Oh man, Triple H came over and is fucking running content for AEW. Oh figure. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying right. it's a possibility. So why do why stress out when the future could be bright? Yeah, that's all I'm saying, guys. So please, I hope that helps you guys out. Please, please, please enjoy because we will be back next week to talk about all those things I said. But before we can leave, can M one final time tell the folks how to find you in the ODPH podcast? Very simple. ODPHpodcast.com. And if you're trying to get a hold of me, social medias and everything, all the links you can find at 3FNpodcast.com. With that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. We're going to be back next week, and if we have to talk about some more drama, we will. But you know what? You already found out. We are going to be talking about some Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. We are going to be talking about Pro Wrestling Noah's Final Muda Tour. We are going to be telling you all about Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill and giving you a review of that. Plus, on top of that, I know there's some Game Changer Wrestling. They have a full weekend yeah, next weekend, so we're going to talk about that week. and so much more. So I tell you the positives will always outweigh the negatives. Cannot wait to talk to you guys next week at 607 TWS. Until then, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly and lastly, later wrestling fans! If you take my
Top ropes, one, two, three. 